right, anything else? I don't think so. My goal is to irritate Mike as much as possible. Yes. This show. I know, yes. <laughs> yes. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the podcast that's more or less about a podcast that might be too beautiful to live. From the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Anne Lundholm. Every Monday we recap the previous week's TBTL, but this is a Friday clip show where we pick a topic from TBTL history, drag it into the light, and examine it in detail. And joining me tonight, as usual... From NECA Wafer Studios in Linwood, Washington, it's the nice lady, Christy Wise. Hello, Christy. Hello, Anne. And as a special treat, also joining us, someone I frankly cannot imagine discussing this topic without, from the middle-aged mama studios in Austin, Texas, it's our H-bomb Hillary Livingston Butler. Hello, Hillary. I'm here. Hello, <laughs> jazz hands. <laughs> Starting with a flourish. <laughs> Our plan, as with every clip show, is to start with some general discussion on the topic. Uh, we'll play and discuss the TBTL clips. We'll clean some house and share how you can get involved with the show. So when I settled on the topic for this episode, I knew immediately that we needed Hillary to join us for it. Mm -hmm. uh, because tonight, friends, the topic is musical theater. It's Yay. a subject that has popped up on TBTL repeatedly over the years in some interesting contexts. And both of you have a deep love and a long appreciation for musicals. So I thought it was high time we talked about it. And I've had this show kind of half prepped for a long time. But what pushed me into finally getting everything set was a couple of weeks ago on one of the recaps when Mike Frizzell talked a load of crap about how musicals are all terrible, and it annoyed me. So it really pleases me to think of him listening to this and not being able to come back at us with his opinions. Mm -hmm. I love it. So let's get started by establishing our musical baselines. Um, Hillary, you said before that you were a theater kid, right? Yes, yes. Um, I was a theater kid. I was... <laughs> The 1996-1997 president of the Thespians Club at Highland Park <laughs> High School. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, though, as y'all have heard over my tenure um, on LRB, I have not a very good singing voice. So um, I was never in the musicals. Like, I was always the dresser in the background. But I, um, <laughs> I could be in the plays, but not the musicals. But I love musicals from such a young age. I have always loved musicals. Like, my mom has, you know, we, we always had subscriptions to the Dallas Summer Musicals, and we would go to pretty much every one. I remember when I was little, my brother... I don't think my parents went for some reason, but my brother and sister, my brothers and sisters and I all went to go see cats. I was um, like terrified, but still I kind of loved it. Cause you know, they come out into the like seats. I was like, no, but, mm -hmm. um, but I love musicals and will sing at any chance, even though my, I have a terrible, terrible voice. And in fact, in sixth grade we did. So I did 
theater as a kid. And so in third grade, when I started, we did 30s musicals. And then we did 40s musicals. And then in fifth grade, we did Grease. And, you know, it was really fun. And then in sixth grade, for some reason, we did like an ode to 90s music. (laughs) (laughs) And I sang a solo, a partial solo of uh, Richard Marks' hit, Right Here Waiting. I wish I had it. I I don't have it. But it was really bad. Um, But I, I... I still loved it so much. Anyway, I love musicals, and Mike is dumb and stupid, but musicals are the best. <laughs> <laughs> love you. Uh, Christy, how about you? What's your history with musicals? Oh, my gosh. Um, probably since the age I can remember, I've just loved them, from, like, Wizard of Oz and Grease, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then um, we moved – when we moved to Seattle – the first play I saw, like a stage play, well, no, that's a lie because I saw Annie all the time, which I loved, the movie, oh, and yes. then also a stage play. But here I saw Grease, and Rosie O'Donnell and <gasps> Megan Mullally oh, were whoa. Was, it was like a touring, like, B-list Grease. I mean, this is before they both hit it. And I loved it so much that I carried that ticket around in my wallet probably for 10 years until I lost that wallet. <laughs> it was like my good luck charm. Um, and then since then, I've just loved that. Every time I go to New York, which I've been there probably seven times, I see at least one musical or play. Um, but I like musicals better than plays. Oh, um, me too. Yeah. I mean, there's 100%. a couple that I've liked. Like I saw Kathleen Turner doing The Graduate, which was awesome. Um, wow. But not really. I have to do musicals. Wait, side note about Grease real quick. I saw it. I mean, I watched it like almost constantly. I think it's like the one of the one movies I could probably say, you know, every single line. But I saw it um, in London when I went like in the 90s. And it for the first time, I was like, wait. This is a really dirty musical. Like, why was I allowed to watch this? And it's not like the movie. Like, it gets dirtier than the movie. It's really dirty. Anyway, sorry. I just had a flashback to that. <laughs> and, of course, Grease 2 is oh, worse I mean. and yet better. Oh, it's so good. Than Grease original. <laughs> <laughs> it's excellent. Another one that my sisters and I, I, my sister Jennifer would do the whole like, hey, Jenna, Jenna, go boom that strike. And she would do like a twirl dance with it. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. I thought it was so, I mean, it was the best. The problem with that number, though, is they were all dancing with the bowling balls and they were like swinging the bowling <laughs> balls around, like windmilling them. And I was like, they don't seem like they're as heavy as yeah. they're supposed to be. So that just yeah, seems not so. safe. <laughs> yeah, at all. At all. Seems like OSHA violations or something. Um, but Christy, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about is um, Jeremy doesn't go with you, right? Because he oh. said before that he can't go to the theater because he doesn't have the attention span. He can't even go to the movie theater. <laughs> so he would not go. Like, a, I think it was not this Christmas, but the Christmas before, his mom is like, what can I get you guys for Christmas? And he gave her a couple of ideas and she gave us a gift certificate to the a local theater, which was not on his list. And he hates plays and musicals. <laughs> he would never go to one. <laughs> and so he's like, well, I guess that's your gift. Um, but then it's, it, we have two main theaters in town that get all the big like Broadway type things. And it seems that every 
two years, one has all the good plays and the other one has the crappy ones. And we got the the gift card to the crappy one this year. Oh. So uh. nothing has come. And also, I won't pay for seeing a show I've already seen unless mm-hmm. it's like my favorite or yeah. there's someone that I really want to see doing it or it's in New York versus where I saw it here. So everything that's come either is bad or I haven't or I've already seen it. Bummer. Hmm. So I'm just well, waiting. That's too bad. <laughs> yeah. Does it expire or no, I think, able it, to... I think it's ongoing. Okay. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, so a nice present for you anyway. Yeah. There is sure. the, the new Percy Jackson musicals coming but huh. like, who do they think they are that the tickets cost more than Hamilton did here? What? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's not okay. <laughs> no, that's crazy. I haven't yeah. even heard of that musical, and it's like oh, I think we get a lot of them that are trying out in oh, Seattle oh, oh, oh. and then yeah, go to yeah. Broadway. Yeah. So, yeah. um, that's probably what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that kids. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, franchise, right? Yeah, yeah. Where he they, they were, he finds out he's a Greek god. Uh-huh. They were trying to make it like the next Harry Potter, I think, and then yeah. it didn't really yeah. go anywhere. Well, that's why they charge so much for the tickets because I know the parents got to haul the kids there. I guess yeah. so. Yeah, it's like yeah. sort of a hostage type situation. <laughs> I'm keeping it secret because I think Elliot likes it. So I just oh. I don't want to I don't want to spend my gift card on that. Right, everybody, <laughs> shh, be <Yeah>. cool, <laughs> be cool. <laughs> Um, as far as uh, my history of musicals, uh, I've been doing them for as long as I can remember. I did them in church and in elementary school and junior high. And then by the time I got into high school, well, that's when I was six feet tall and bigger than everybody else. And they started trying to have more sort of pretension to authenticity. So like when we did South Pacific they weren't going to cast me as a Pacific Islander and they weren't going to cast me as a perky nurse. Yeah. And I, I was never talented enough to overcome those. If you're going to be as physically outside the norm as I am, you either have to be stupendously attractive or stupendously talented. And I am neither one of those things. I'm a good singer, but the rest of it, the rest of it just didn't work out. So at a certain point I kind of, retreated to choir because at least it doesn't matter what body you have when you're in choir well it's more fun too right Mm, no different different fun but I honestly I rarely see musicals these days I haven't seen Hamilton I've never listened to the soundtrack despite the fact that I love musicals and I think Mm -hmm. it's because it just hurts too much for me yeah what do you mean like too too close because it's something I so desperately wanted to do Aww. and wish that I could be doing, and I can't. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not good enough to overcome the challenges of that. So I really, and also I'm cheap, and I don't have anybody yeah. to go with. But <laughs> Well, if they come back and, they, and it's at the Fifth Avenue, I invite you to come fly here and use the gift card with me. Okay. But I do recommend... Not listening to the soundtrack of Hamilton before seeing it. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. And it was, I, you know, spoiler alert, he dies. Um, but <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you telling me? <laughs> but I, I just liked not knowing, going, like hearing it all for the first time. And then 
I went home and like listened to it all the time and now I want to see it again. So. Right. Uh, right. Um, this is not the same thing at all, but I had like, um, I kind of hated Anne Hathaway for a little bit and I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, she's so annoying. Like she tries so hard. Oh, she's such a theater kid. And mm-hmm. then I realized why I hated her was because I related too hard to her. I was like, she <laughs> is such a theater kid. She's such a try hard. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly the personality I would have if I were an actress, actress. <laughs> like like a successful actress, that would be me. I'd be like, hey, guys, am I cool? <laughs> am I cool yet? <laughs> so, oh, I was going to ask what everyone's favorite musical is, if you have to pick one. Oh, Hillary? Oh, God. I mean, you know, it's so dumb to say this, and we were just talking about it. I have devoted so many hours to Hamilton. Like, mm-hmm. listen, I there was a like a six-month period where I don't think I – like didn't listen to at least like half the soundtrack. Like I listened to it all the time. It's still my alarm. Uh, that's what wakes me up in the morning. Guns and chips, um, which I love. Um, and it like alerts me. I'm like, I'm ready to go. Um, and, and I know it's like recency bias, but, uh, but I love it so much and I feel so much about it. I'm trying to think what would be second place. Hmm. You know, this is, it, it's a little bit antiquated and it's a little bit like, ooh, but, um, my mom and my sister and my nieces and I all went to go see um, The King and I last year. Mm-hmm. And it's so beautiful. Um, and I know that it's like a little weird about race stuff, but the music mm-hmm. is gorgeous and the dancing is beautiful and it's a lovely story. Mm-hmm. Um, For myself, I mean, there are so many different ways that I categorize why I like a musical. If we're talking just straight up about the music, I there is something about West Side Story because yeah. that's Leonard Bernstein, and he's yeah. not just quote unquote just a musical composer. He's a legitimate musical genius, and yes. some of the things that he's doing musically in that are incredible. But if I'm going for like in my heart of hearts. It's one that you already mentioned, Christy. It's Annie. Because oh, so oh, that movie so came out in 1982 <laughs> when I was five. It's and I felt mm-hmm. like it was my musical because her name was Annie and my mm-hmm. name was Annie. Oh. And I remember. And you were my, a small orphan kid in. I was. <laughs> my parents were going to take me to see it. And I remember being in my bedroom going, I have to have a red dress. I have to have a red dress. Oh. She has a red dress. And the only thing I could come up with something like vaguely pinkish. And I remain disappointed in that to this day. Oh. <laughs> like, God damn it, where's my red dress? <laughs> <laughs> but there's also like some really nice uh, musical. I, I don't like tomorrow very much i think that's sort of a clunky song although Mm -hmm. that's the big one from that show but i think that there are a lot of like nice nice songs and nice moments from that show and any of which i'll be happy to sing for you guys at any (laughs) time i got a terrible perm to look just like her i need to find that picture it's so bad (laughs) how about you christy um i would i mean hamilton beat out my I had t- I was tied for Rent and Book of Mormon, and then Hamilton beat them out. But I still have so much love for Avita because yeah. I, I would drive around. I'm so cool. I would drive around when I first got my <laughs> license, like <laughs> listening to the Avita and Rent soundtracks just <laughs> over and over again, like singing it out. <laughs> 
I mean, I've I've been known to say that 525. I mean, I will oh, yeah. like belt it out. Mm-hmm. You know, my my one um where I don't think I'm a really good musical person is I don't love or maybe I'm just not as exposed to Stephen Sondheim. I don't know why the, there's like not as much of a melody or something that I can't sing along to. And I know that some people just love it. And I, my brother-in-law is obsessed with Sondheim and I've just never been able to get into him. And I'm like, does this make me like an unartistic person that I can't <laughs> hear it? I don't know. Um, I love a lot of Sondheim. Uh, I super love Into the Woods. Yes. I think that's yeah. great. I thought the recent movie had some really good parts and some pretty low parts. Johnny Depp being one of the Ugh. lower Ugh. of the Ugh. low parts. He cannot sing and he was not very good. And I will stand by that. Why do people keep putting him into shows? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, okay. I have a couple of other points that I want mm-hmm. to um ask you guys about what do you think of the modern musicals like uh, that are more naturalistic say like Moulin Rouge where it was Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor kind of I mean it doesn't matter that they're singing poppy songs or like La La Land uh, Emma Stone and uh, what's his face Ryan what's his face mm-hmm. um, and I, it's the critics always talk about how it's a much more natural style and how that's better for a modern audience. Do you like those? Am I tipping my hand on how I feel? <laughs> I love them. <laughs> I mean, I kind of, yeah, I I was very, very much, when I saw La La Land, I know that people roll their eyes at it. I, like, loved the opening sequence so mm-hmm. much that I think by that, that, was that, I, that I was just sort of, like, sold. Like, I'm in. Then yeah. somebody did say, like, why would they not hire actors that actually like had not that they have bad voices, but like stronger voices, meaning like they could sing louder because they kind of whisper sound the whole time. Mm. And then watching it again, I'm like, Oh yeah, they are kind of like lightly singing where you want them to be a little bit bolder, but I guess that's right. You're, they're trying to modernize it a little bit and make it a little bit more, I don't know, palatable to Mike's ears or whatever. Well, and Ryan Gosling sells a lot of tickets. Oh, yeah, Ryan Gosling. Why couldn't I think of his name? Um, Yeah, it's like, I think that the modernizing it argument is a cover for stars who aren't very good singers. Yes. They're not bad. They're not bad. They can carry a tune, but they're... uh, Right. But but they're not Broadway. They're not like building it to the last person, you know, the last it's, row or anything. I felt the same way about Emma Watson and Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, her voice was perfectly nice. And I think that she shouldn't be embarrassed for any reason, but there's only so much you can do with six yeah. weeks of lessons. Right. And yeah. a lot of auto tune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what yeah, about Greatest sure. Showman? I haven't seen it, oh. but Hugh Jackman can sing. Right. Take Hillary. Sing. Yeah. Uh, you, you know what? I have not seen it, but I have listened to the soundtrack about a thousand times because it is a, uh, you know, a first grade staple. Yeah, um, for sure. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he can totally sing. And Zac Efron can sing pretty, pretty Yeah, Zac well Efron too. is the, I mean, because he was in High School Musical, right? So yeah. he, he does have he talent He didn't sing in High School Musical, Christy. What was that? They dubbed him. He didn't sing in High School Musical. <gasps> oh, really? I've never seen it. I have they never seen him. High School mm-hmm. Musical, so... Um, 
I didn't know. But yeah, I mean, he his voice is, is whispery. Um, to probably to hide that. But the other people in it are so amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ka- whatever. Kay- the um, lady who plays the bearded lady. Yes. She has a Ugh. wonderful voice. Oh my gosh. She has a really, really good voice. Um, I haven't seen Moulin Rouge in so long. I remember. Sorry, dad. We used to like get high and watch Moulin Rouge, which I a, like <laughs> A plus would did? recommend. No. <laughs> no. Oh God, no. Uh no, me and you know, some of my roommates uh would do that. And um that was a really good exp- like I was like, this is the best movie I've ever seen. Wow, that's <laughs> and now I don't know if I would like, you know, go back and really uh that would be correct. But I um you know, it was fine. Like, I love Chicago, but that's definitely not. That's more, you know, Fosse is a whole other game. Uh, but right. I guess that's a more modern, like, movie release. Um, but I love I love Chicago. Moulin Rouge, I don't know. It's not something I would, like, call up and watch all the time. I guess unless I was high. That's another one where no one will ever convince me that Ewan McGregor can actually sing. No. He's, yeah. like, a sort no, of pleasant karaoke yes. singer. Yes. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. Again, in Beauty and the Beast, he was the same. So, not embarrassing. He shouldn't be embarrassed, but not a trained singer. No, and I guess singer. I'm particular about that. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about before we get into the clips, I think is the hardest thing to kind of put, put our finger on, which is how how do we make the argument for musicals to guys like Mike, not to pick on Mike too much, um, or as we'll listen to in the clips, uh, guys like Luke, um, how do you counter the statement that musicals are just stupid? Because it is just people all of a sudden busting into song on stage. Well, you know what? Football's stupid too. Like I, this is the thing that always <laughs> makes me crazy. Like I like football, but it's fucking stupid. It's, you know, gladiator guys, uh, running after each other. This is people having a talent and using it yes it's nonsensical but I don't know I feel like we talked about this one time um uh, with uh what's her face the crazy ex-girlfriend why am I uh, uh, Rachel uh Bloom yeah and when when she was on Mark Marin and he said oh it's kind of a you know a guilty pleasure and she's like why is it a guilty pleasure it's not a guilty pleasure just because you don't deem it worthy of being Mm -hmm. something to be lauded and I feel like you know, musicals have been slotted by some people, <clears throat> Mike, uh, by some people <laughs> as this like female ghettoized thing. You know, we're just like in this corner. This is a woman's thing. And it's not. And the thing that's frustrating about it is in the 60s, it was like culture. It was just a part of culture. You were supposed to know what the number one musical was that year. Um, and it was not gay to like it. Yes, a lot of gay men like it, but it that, that well, that doesn't make it bad. Um, and a lot of women like it doesn't make it bad. It's just as it's an art form. And I think it's okay. Yeah, if it's not for you, don't, don't listen to it. <laughs> yeah, but you don't right. have to shit all over everyone's the thing they like. And I think that it's, it's a very different thing in that it's not supposed to be like cinema verite. No, no. Right? They're not no. intended to be a realistic experience. It's a way the songs the songs are where the characters kind of step out of the action and talk about their emotional responses. That's the emotional release yeah. is what the songs are of the piece. And it's a different way of doing it. It's a more 
uh, obvious way of doing it. It's a more in your face way of doing it. And I, I've often had the thing like, I think the last thing I went to is maybe like three years ago for my birthday. I asked my mom to get us tickets to Pippin, hmm. which is like, like early seventies kind of yeah. trippy musical. Um, and I was sitting there watching at the beginning and I was like, this is ridiculous. I mean, this is so corny. I don't know if I can make it through this. But the, before I knew it, I was really absorbed into the storytelling and the emotion. And the kind of clunkiness of it ceased to bother me entirely because I got into the art and what they were trying to communicate through it. Yes. So, I mean, I guess if you're determined to think that it's dumb because it's not completely naturalistic. There's nothing that any musical lover can say to you to get you to change your mind. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just go and watch grown men grapple with each other in close quarters. That's not gay. (laughs) Not at all. Wearing their underwear, basically. (laughs) All right. Shall we get into these clips? Yes, Let's do it. Uh, I will not forget this time to thank the archivists. We've got quite a few clips, um, more than I usually like to have uh, for clip shows because I feel like it makes the shows really long. But I could not leave any of these uh, on the table when doing these because I really wanted to talk about them all. So thank you very much to everybody that archived the episodes where I could find these. I would like to thank myself. I would like to thank myself again. Times two. (laughs) I would like to thank our friend Ingrid Keller. I love Ingrid. I would like to thank Jack Taylor. This is a murderous row of archivists here. I would like to thank our good friend Crit Muniz. Let's get critical. (laughs) And I would like to thank star archivist Sarah Settlemeyer. One of only three people who has archived 20 weeks. She's a rock star. Yes. So thank you very much, everybody. Uh, and let's get into this. This first clip is from February 12th, 2008. So we are a month into the show. Uh, this is part of an awesome, not awesome segment. And um, Luke has some thoughts about Spamalot. And also the uh, the producers of Spamalot get an awesome. And for those few of you, like me, who have not actually seen... You haven't seen Spamalot? I don't see musical theater, Jennifer. That's kind That's of to gay. <laughs> but you have a daughter, and she needs to see musicals. Who's not gay? That I know of. We saw Hairspray and loved it. But well, there you go. I saw Sweeney Todd this weekend, and we both had a collective eh. And that was probably the most engaging production I could see of it because at least this was shot by Tim Burton and things were moving around and they were able to do a lot of creative stuff you can't do on the stage. And even that, I love Johnny Depp. I love Tim Burton. I love uh, Helena Bonham Carter. Even all that, it left me bored. And this is Sweeney Todd, right? This is one of the most popular of these kinds of things. So it didn't do anything to change my opinion on musicals. But in case, like me, you're not uh, intimately familiar with Spamalot, first – should we first hear the song? Is that the best way to lay this out? Well, no, I think you should explain beforehand. All right. The producers of Spamalot 
have decided to change. I guess it's Eric Idle, actually, mm-hmm. who made the call. He of uh, Monty Python at one mm-hmm. time. Spamalot is a musical of the Holy Grail. Right. Right. Uh, which I thought was a fabulous movie. Uh, what's the is that is that uh, the search for the Holy Grail was yeah. the name of the movie? Mm-hmm. I sometimes confuse it with Life of Brian. Right. Blessed all the Greek. But actually, there's a lot of Life of Brian in it because there's at the end the entire audience all stands up and sings "Always Look on the Bright Side." Okay, which is from Life, Life of, of Brian. Brian. Okay. So it actually is kind of a, a mashing together of both of those movies. So they have a song in Spamalot called "Diva's Lament," mm-hmm. and the uh, the the lyrics used to call out Britney Spears. Right, because basically the diva comes out and she sings this whole song about how she used to be really relevant and get all these parts and she was the most important part of the musical, but now all those parts always go to someone very irrelevant like Britney Spears. Let's hear some of the song. I've no Grammy, no rewards. I've no Tony Awards. I'm constantly replaced by Britney Spears. Britney Spears. Key change. All right, I'm getting gayer every second that I listen to that. That, by the way, is Sara Ramirez. And sure. And you probably don't know that. You probably don't watch the show Grey's Anatomy, but mm-hmm. I know a lot of our listeners do. And that is Callie. The uh, kind of she's, the gal who was living in the basement for a while? Yes, she's Latina. She's, she's hot. She's figured She's gorgeous. She's, uh, yeah. she's an attractive And she gal. won the Tony She's for no playing. Vanessa. <laughs> She's no Vanessa, but she's she's pretty cute, that Callie. She won the Tony for playing the diva in Spamalot. She's fantastic. Well, they have now changed that line because even the producers of Spamalot, and I guess Mike Nichols is the one who's quoted in this AP story, um, even they realize that the Britney story and the Britney situation has moved far beyond the stuff of jokes and the stuff of making fun of her. And uh, when asked by the AP why they changed it, Mike Nichols said, because we don't laugh at sad people. Oh, I'm sorry. This is Eric Idle talking about Mike Nichols. Eric Idle said, we changed it because we don't laugh at sad people. Mike Nichols requested it, and he's right. We changed the lyrics in London on tour on Broadway and in Las Vegas. We think that now it's too sad. Britney Spears is being tortured to death, and we don't want to be on that side. Isn't that great? Yeah, way to go, Spam. Like, give them an awesome. Right. Which I know is part of why they did it. They they heard that there was a rumor that if they changed it, TBTL was going to give them an awesome. Well, we've made it very clear that we're not about picking on people when they're down. Now, wait a second. They've replaced her with Posh Spice? Now they now the joke refers to Posh Spice, who so, is certainly not a person on the down and out. I guess the thinking goes that Posh Spice is... Is is you can make fun of her because she's got it more or less together. Yeah, and she's in on the joke, and you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, good job, spam a lot, people. Right. I'll still never see your show, but uh, at least when I think about it, which I'll never do, I'll think of you fondly. You're missing out. It's a great show. I. Okay. <laughs> All right. We gotta take a quick break. Um, so, on a scale of one to a trillion, how mad are we at Luke? Trillion. A trillion, a trillion, but 
I I've listened to this twice now because it like made me mad, mm-hmm. but it made me kind of reflect on how far he's come. So I'm yes. really pissed at 2008 Luke. Like he right. sucks, but like to Amanda's, I still get irritated with 2019 Luke, but he's really come a long way and he absolutely would not say this. 100% mm-hmm. would not say this right now. No, nope. would never nope. say it. So. I think it's a little odd that, when he says, I don't see a musical theater, that's kind of gay. And Jen's response is not, it's not gay. It's, you have a daughter. She needs to see musicals. Right. I was like, no, Jen, no. Well, no, I think not the she response. at first uncomfortably laughed. Mm-hmm. And I think because it was so new, like if we would have jumped six months in time, she would have gone after him. Yes. I think. Yeah, sure. you're, yeah, yeah, you're right. Because, like, I just want to know, does 2008 Luke actually think that sitting in a theater watching a a musical will make him gay? Because that's, I mean, there's so much, like, he's so scared of that. He's so scared. I mean, like, it's so crazy. And for somebody who actually has participated in a fair amount of musicals and, like, loves the Nutcracker. And watched them his whole life. Like, all the, you know, we'll get to it later, but... He watched a lot of musicals. A 32-year-old Luke really just had this, like, fear of homosexuality, like, somewhere in him. And it just, or maybe it was just okay at the time, which it wasn't okay. I, I know it wasn't okay, but it was, like, societally okay to say things like that, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, it is really, really, really jarring. The other thing that I thought was really weird is... I, maybe I just don't remember. Maybe it was a time in my life that I wasn't really seeing musicals. Was Spamalot that ubiquitous? Because Jen seems absolutely shocked that he has not seen Spamalot. And I haven't seen Spamalot. And I have not heard. No, I haven't. I, ne- I never saw it. I mean, I've seen Monty Python, but I never saw Spamalot. It's great. I think it was. I think it was mm-hmm. a really big deal. It was the first. Yeah, because, I mean, the Monty Python guys did it. It was yeah. funny. They yeah. kind of swore in it. And it was based on this huge film that everybody loves, this cult classic. Yeah. Yeah. And and there was a lot of audience participation. And the songs are like, br- like what do they call it? Breaking the fourth wall, like mm-hmm. all over the yeah. place. And so it was like one of the first plays that did that. I don't even know much that still do that. Right. I think it was a real like deconstruction of the musical mm. form. Yeah. Like when they're talking about the the song in particular, the Diva's Lament, is that what it's called, yeah. I think? Yeah. About I think how so. she comes out and talks about how she always used to have all the big parts and now she's getting replaced by Britney Spears. I mean, that's just like stripping it down to the actual mechanics of I don't know, the life of a performer kind of thing, completely taking it out of any part of the story of the Holy Grail. I mean, that happens (laughs) on Broadway all the time. If you like go to a, go to Broadway in the summer and it's all the celebrities on hiatus doing their, their time on Broadway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's like what she's talking about. And it's totally true. Right. I'm sure that as soon as it got big, because she was kind of, and nobody when it started that I bet that someone big replaced her. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I thought it was, I mean, it was nice of them. I mean, to get to the subject of the discussion they're having, it was really nice of the producers to recognize that um, Brittany was in like such a bad way yeah. that she should not be 
the punching bag mm-hmm. for jokes. But I don't think Posh Spice is a really good no. um, replacement on that joke. Do you joke think it's because, because they're English? Maybe, but maybe. Posh Spice never did any of that. She, I mean, talk about somebody who's really not a good singer. She right. was no, not in right? the Spice Girls because of her singing chops. But maybe so. that's part of it. She's a I terrible guess. singer, but because she sold tickets. She never did any of that, though, did no. she? She I don't never think so. but, stepped in on Broadway. But if she did. True. It, yeah. I mean, especially in London, it would be a sellout all the time. People love her. She seemed pretty... Um, adamant that she wanted to like get as far away from the Spice Girls right. as she possibly <laughs> yes. could pretty quickly. Yep. Uh, I the other thing that I made me laugh it reminded me of the old days is how much TBTL in the early days loved a key change because Luke goes <laughs> the key change and he like loves to call it out. <laughs> he's being all grumpy about it, but he's like key change. <laughs> uh-huh. What I thought was so funny is he keeps he admits that he loved hairspray. So yeah. he saw hairspray and <laughs> loved it. it. And then his he's like, but then I saw Sweeney Todd, the movie. It's not right. as good. It's not the same. And again, Johnny Depp is terrible. Johnny Depp. Exactly. <laughs> and it is a Sondheim, as I said before. I don't not like Sondheim. It's just not my favorite. But Sondheim's like not an easy musical to like kind of get into. You know, it's not hairspray. It's not grease. It's right. a kind of next level musical with different songs, more difficult songs. So yeah. Whatever, Luke. <laughs> Um, I have to say my very favorite part of this clip is the end when Jen says you're missing out it's a great show and Luke goes I okay like he just knows <laughs> like he wants to argue but he knows that he just shouldn't yep. well it's like she's I mean he's acting as if she's suggesting you go to a bathhouse or something <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's so true. He the gay panic that streams through a lot of these clips is is extremely jarring. Right. Mm-hmm. And I wonder because I mean I don't know if we can call it exactly a chip on his shoulder, but I think there is some of the you know, he's an NPR guy. He the yeah. whole bad boy of NPR thing. <laughs> I, I think he feels like he's a little bit effete yeah. for being in yeah. public radio and he just well, wants to like butch up his image as much as possible. Yeah. Well, and remember, he it wasn't so long before this that he was on conservative radio and actually believed those things. True. He's come Yeah, that's way. a good thought. Like how far is he on that sliding scale of actually believing it mm-hmm. to just saying it for effect and out of habit? Mm. Well, I'm happy he doesn't do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> me too. I would have to stop listening. That yeah. would probably drive me over. <laughs> All right, should we go on to the next one? Please. All yes. right. This is when <laughs> I love this. Um, Jen is the musical star of <laughs> Jesus Creek. Tell me about Nancy Drew. Did you just come up with this on your own? Well, I was reading a Nancy Drew uh, mystery when I was in fourth grade, and it, I can't remember the name of it, but it, it was, I remember that ultimately the whatever was missing was hidden in the bow of a boat. Uh-huh. And as I was reading it, I remember thinking, this should be a musical, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to mount it. How old were you? I was nine. I was in fourth grade. 
And so I went to my teacher, Miss Grossman, and I said, I would like to uh, direct a play starring our whole class. And maybe it can be like the like a project for the month. And she was very artsy. And uh, she said, I think that's a wonderful idea. And so I went home that night and I sketched it out and I wrote some songs. And I came back to school, and we had these rounded tables, and I figured out that if I pushed the tables over onto their side, they could rock back and forth and kind of approximate a boat. This teacher must have been artsy. She let you do this? Oh, yeah. Oh, she thought it was wonderful. And I mounted this whole play and cast it, and I wrote the songs, and I directed it. Can you remember any of the songs? Well, they were all about, um, yeah, there was one... uh, (laughs) Where is it now? <laughs> I don't know. And then I would go over and I would like hit an F chord on the piano to like help everyone know where to go with it. Did you and know how to play piano at all? I knew chords. So I could kind of, you know, I'd say, this is an F, and I would play the F chord. So I didn't understand what it meant to be in the key of F, but I knew how to hit the F chord, you know? And then I was, uh, so that was a huge hit. In in my mind, I think everybody in my were class you all, hated it. Were you the star of the show? No, I just directed that one. But I did star in Esther, and I remember that this boy, Eric Trout, was playing the king, and that he didn't like me. And there was this part where I come in and say, oh, oh, my king, I shouldn't be bothering you. And he's supposed to kind of look me up and down and say, I'm not bothered. But he At delivered- Jesus Creek? <laughs> yeah, That's- I know. It was, what? It was a little skeezy. But he hated me so much that he kept delivering it flat. I'm not I just bothered. think that's because he is a terrible actor. Well, he got replaced by Ben McNair. So that's what happens. And the then, mummy's brother. Yeah, and then Ben and I were like, we had great chemistry. It was, it really flew off the stage. I always thought you kids were going to make it to you and yeah. Ben. Yeah. I don't know what, what happened I there. don't either. And then um, that all led to really my crowning glory, which was in seventh grade. And oddly, again, it was with Eric Trout. We got the lead duet of Christmas Isn't Christmas Till It Happens in Your Heart. And he was flat the whole time. And I was like, Christmas isn't Christmas till it happens in your heart. That's the note. Heart. And he kept doing it flat and he ruined it. He was on a like long-term plan to undermine your stage success. I truly believe that is correct. I was in the follow-up to Christmas isn't Christmas till it happens in your heart. Memories are made in, in your mouth. <laughs> this is when I got transferred to the public school. <laughs> Well, Jen, I'm, I for one thank Eric Trout because had he not screwed it up for you, you would be on Broadway somewhere right now and I would be here with Sean <laughs> alone, be way too much testosterone and we'd be really missing you. Oh, I know. Although I we wouldn't to... know it because you wouldn't be here. I know. I need to realize that that was meant to be. That was the path you were meant to be put on. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. First of all, I have to say that Miss Grossman is by far, hands down, the best teacher at that school. Seriously, they better than Christian Soldier Overman (laughs) (laughs) or the PE teacher that would massage their shoulders. Oh, right. Man of God. (laughs) Luke Burbank, man of God. Just such terrible stories. And then you have this like diamond in the rough, Miss Grossman. That I mean, but also, is that good teaching? She, you know, this is what her fourth grade class. She says, you know, I dreamt of making a musical. Okay, let's do it. I mean, were they, this is why Luke knows no science or math. 
<laughs> because it was, a nine-year-old is dictating the <laughs> curriculum. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's really impressive that she... I, this is what I have to think, is that Jen was so organized and so, like... I'm sure when she presented the idea, it was very kind of... Not clear, but... She, like she had a plan as to what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure the teacher was like, okay, sure. Like that's a pretty creative idea, but yeah, it does seem really loosey goosey, <laughs> but it's really impressive. And, but oh my God, it's so Jen, it's so Jen. The whole mm-hmm. thing is so Jen, how the, she was annoyed with whatever the dude's name was. The, uh, the first, um, Eric Trout. Trout. Yes. Eric Trout. She was annoyed with him. Then he was quickly replaced with the mummy's brother. <laughs> <laughs> And I can, like, from knowing Jen, you can totally see in your mind exactly how this all went. Because she is, like, such a force of nature when she wants to make mm-hmm. something happen. That's why yeah. she ended up being a producer and now a project manager. Because she's a person that gets an idea and makes it happen. Yeah. I really miss having Jen here. Because that's, like, <laughs> what she did. And in her mind, it's the show is what matters. I don't care that stupid Eric Trout hates me. He should be singing his all because everyone's looking at him. Right? What was that weird sexual thing, though? (laughs) Luke was like, what? (laughs) Jesus Creek? (laughs) Um, I'm sorry to bother you. You're not bothering me at all. Right. I'm sorry. As he looks her up and down. Gross. Um, You guys, I do have some breaking news. What? I found Eric Trout. <gasps> I'm putting a picture into the Slack channel. He, w- you won't be surprised, is a pastor oh of my one God. of those douchey churches. Oh, look at this. This is from his pastor profile, the second one. And it looks like his tongue's oh, sticking out. my God. And he's a Trump <laughs> supporter. So, wow, you found a lot of information about <laughs> Eric Trout. <laughs> You have to send this to Jen. You have to send it to her. Just be like, listen, I'm sorry. You need to see this. <laughs> you need to see that he is a douche and still is and always will be. Oh, my I mean, gosh. well, that solves it. He wasn't going to be gaying it up on Broadway. No, of course no. not. God. He's got God that bless. beautiful wife now and he's a pastor. So. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. You know, this was not the same thing. It's not musical oriented, but it reminded me of myself when I was in ninth grade in my world history class, which like I don't whatever that I don't know why this happened there, but I would always talk in the beginning of class like I would just talk about whatever was on my mind, not to anybody <laughs> specifically, but just talking out loud and my out. Yeah. And my <laughs> teacher, my teacher was like, Hillary, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you five minutes at the beginning of class. You can stand up here and talk about whatever what? you want to talk about for five minutes. Wow. So I got to like stand up and talk about whatever for five minutes at the beginning of world history. And it was like not adjacent. I mean, sometimes I guess maybe it was about whatever. But I think like I love the fugitive. I remember that came out that year. So I talked about that. And like the Cowboys were really big. I talked about the Cowboys a lot. I, I don't know why he did that. Maybe he just was like sick of ninth graders but um anyway that reminded me so much adult (laughs) positive reinforcement in your life what is that like (laughs) i guess that leads you to celebrate your birthday for two months (laughs) exactly that's what it's like (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know. It was a little bit too much. It was good that I like was kind of like a chubby kid growing up because otherwise I would be, I mean, I am kind of an asshole, but I would be a complete asshole if I was really pretty growing up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. All right. Anything more about that one? Mm Mm-mm. (laughs) okay we're gonna move on to the next clip which uh is getting into the andrew era of things um luke and andrew are talking about how there's a new tupac musical heading to broadway so see everything on today's show comes full circle except maybe this last story uh which is that the uh the music of tupac shakur is heading to broadway i looked so long and hard for that clip from Guffman <laughs> where he announces to everyone that they're going to Broadway. Um, I couldn't find it, so I thought I'd just tell you guys about it later. I think it carries the same yeah, comic absolutely, punch. Absolutely. Uh, the music of the late Tupac Shakur will be used as part of a Broadway musical. The rapper's music inspired the writer, which in turn inspired his closely guarded mother, uh, Afini Shakur, to grant permission for the usage of the songs. Director Kenny Leon was inspired to write Holla if you hear me about two childhood friends in the Midwest, along with their extended families. He sought and received approval to use the music from uh, Afeni Shakur. Representative for Shakur told TMZ that Mama Shakur is ecstatic about the planned production and excited to see the musical. This raises a lot of questions. Like, I want to know why this idea broke through to Tupac's mom. You know, I'm sure she bats away all kinds of requests to use the music, right? Well, I'm sure Hairspray was, you know, calling her. And then she said, right. ah, not for me. But then someone said, the, the, the musical's called Holla If You Hear Me. Right. And she was like, oh, yeah. I'm still listening. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, 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 I'm interested to see how this translates to the stage. I, I, would, tell you, I would tell you this, though. Like, you know, the, um, the uh, Mormon musical. Well, what's it called? You know, the ones that the South Park guys wrote? Uh, yes. Mm, I think it might be called. Oh, The Book of Mormon. That one, everybody loves the Book of Mormon and everybody as, as a play and everybody gives it these great reviews. And I'm sure it was actually pretty good. I haven't seen it. But I listened to some of the music and I thought it was fine. But I would say – and we actually – I feel like I have to disclaim everything, but I do. Um, we have actually a, a handful of listeners who work in Broadway, are actual performers on Broadway and with Broadway shows. So please don't take this the wrong way because I think musically a lot of stuff that happens with Broadway and with musicals is awesome. It isn't where I go for – hilarious music Mm -hmm. like I actually really love the musical Hairspray and I think that the songs are funny but it's never like gut busting funny it's amusing funny right I think it's just difficult in the form of song to do something so like Book of Mormon when I listen to the songs I'm like oh yeah I get these I mean I understand why this is popular it's to me way better and smarter than a lot of the stuff that goes on but it's never the, the, the music of Broadway musicals never like for me is something that's just blows my mind so it seems to me completely conceivable that tupac songs could absolutely make decent broadway songs really keep your head up all right we'll see i mean it depends changes on, it depends on how they're presented can you um thug mansion <laughs> gangster's paradise actually that's uh, coolio yeah that's coolio um you know right right, right when i uh, when i started naming all these songs i thought i wonder if those migrated with my uh if those migrated with my iTunes when I got this newer computer. Mm-hmm. And some of them did. Okay, listen to Life Goes On, okay? Imagine this 
as a, a Broadway uh, musical number. How many brothers fell victim to the street? Rest in peace, son. There's a heaven for you. Be alive if I told you that I never thought of that. My niggas, we the last ones left. But life goes on. How many brothers fell victim to the street? Rest in peace, young nigga. There's a heaven for you. Be alive if I told you that I never thought of that. My niggas, we the last ones left. Life goes As I on. fell through the empty halls, breath stinking in my drawers. Ring, ring, ring. Quiet, y'all. Here coming calls. Plus, it's my homie from high school. He getting by. It's time to bury another brother. Nobody cry. Life is a baller. Alcohol. Don't you think this is certainly on the level of a lot of the shit you hear in a Broadway musical? I just cannot figure out how this is presented on the stage. Like, is it presented? He's looking around a cheesy, quote unquote, ghetto backdrop. Uh Okay, what about, uh, what about changes? A little Hornsby sample? Huh? Oh, because I just realized this is the karaoke version. <laughs> hey, in other news. I have the karaoke version <laughs> of the song Changes by Tupac in my computer. This is what you do when I leave. <laughs> anyway, I just think, oh, this song, this is such a jam. song for L.A., straight up. Let's go out to L.A., the new anthem, Love Part 2. Do you listen to much Tupac? No, I didn't, as a matter of fact. Dude, after you hear, like, one minute of this song... To live and die in LA, where everybody try to fatten they pocket. So many hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend now, a ghost in the dark? Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him, blind to a broken man's dream. A hard lesson court case. You should hear me do this at karaoke by myself. Maybe I will someday. When I, when, oh, I guess when this, when it's I just can't. me. But it's just me. Anyway, uh, I, I, I actually think that I think that you could do a lot worse, at least for the lyrics. Maybe as far as the lyrics are concerned, but I mean, um, I'm just concerned about this music being in the hands of these, you know, graduated right. theater majors right. who are just on stage. Like, it's going to get really hokey really fast. Like, someone's singing, like, there'll be a single street lamp, you know? <laughs> right. And, and it's not going to be like, they're not going to lay it down like this. It's going to be, right. it's going to be sing-songy. Be... Have you ever seen, um, I mean, you're a fan of Mr. Show, right? I am. Do you remember the skit, uh, Rap? The musical. <laughs> I think we could actually. I think we could call this up on the uh, on the YouTube here. Really if you quick. can, this is what I imagine it being like. Okay, let's take a. Coming to the Greenwich Civic Center from London's West End, Sir Lloyd Wilson Webber's rap the musical. Just give me that big booming bass in your face. That booming bass. Give me that stupid bad rhyme every time. Describe a crime. Rap the musical contains no rap music. Oh, going on a drive by, just me, posse, and me. I'm a gangster of the old school, you can call me OG. Rap the musical is a celebration for the entire family. I'm in a gang of one. Stuck in this chair, I can't have much fun. But with a Yeah. 
musical. The fun of rap without all that rap. <laughs> well, I'm an old gold tooth, and I'll tell you the truth. I live in the mouth of a homie. But take it down. Don't miss Rap the Musical. You'll want to experience the magic again and again. Open up your heart and let the rap shine in. And now, back to the homage award. <laughs> that is exactly how I picture yeah. this going down. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see. If 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 done right, I think it could actually be a decent kind of like a jumping off point for a musical. But you're right. If if uh, if that's the direction it goes, if there is at any point a gold tooth that's rapping, <laughs> he's inside of a homie. Uh, that would be that would be a terrible terrible shame. Okay, I, this is interesting, and I think like in the context, uh, this came out in 2012. Um, and 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 you wrote down that it it actually did come out and it ran like for a very very short amount of time, right? Um, yeah, it ran for wait, I got the Wikipedia page. It ran for seventeen previews and thirty eight performances. Ooh, that's it rough. basically closed in two weeks, seventeen Yikes. days. Did it say how much they spent on it? Because just the that's, rights alone for that music. Uh, oh, they did. Imagine. It's in here somewhere. Uh, one of the producers blamed the show's closing on the financial burdens of Broadway. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. He made a rookie mistake by underestimating the amount of capital necessary to keep the $8 million show running. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, that's the low-key thing about Broadway is it is so expensive. It is, and it, mm-hmm. it is rare for a show to, like, recoup its... I mean, I feel like most of the time they close... Without, uh, you know, much fanfare. But I don't know. This is, uh, I mean, I didn't see it. I didn't hear the music from it. I, you know, am familiar with Tupac. Uh, but I, I think in a, I think Andrew was right. I mean, I don't think Andrew is a musicals kind of guy, like at all. So he has <laughs> a limited <laughs> perspective on it. But I do think he's right. It's really hard to convey this as a musical form, especially in, I know it sounds, dorky but like in a pre-Hamilton world of how you do rap like on a stage that doesn't seem silly and how they were describing where it's like a you know like a slum in the background it just seems sort of kind of silly but I, you know I never saw it so I, I don't know but, um, right. I but think yeah. they're both right yeah. I think that at least what they played as an example Luke's <laughs> karaoke version of <laughs> changes <laughs> um I, I mean there's enough like uh l- lyrical and musical content that you could make something sustainable for a yeah. broadway show on there but it would be very easy for it to slip into being something mm-hmm. completely hammy yes. and cheesy but that's the whole thing of it right it's there are good musicals and there are bad musicals. Yeah, and there are tons sure. of bad musicals. Tons. But tons. Um, you you, you got to get rid of those bad ones and not use those as the example. I mean, yeah, it could have been rap the musical. <laughs> and that would have been terrible. I mean, and the thing is about Broadway, for the most part, the people that it is so prohibitively expensive to go see a Broadway play for the or musical for the most part that I don't know it tends to be you know 
uh, upper middle class, upper class white audience. And for those to match, it really has for them to enjoy it and then it go to a wider audience. It, I don't know. It's right. a really, really high bar to, to clear. It, yeah. Where's the where's the audience for a Tupac musical? Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, no, it's, it's just especially pre Hamilton, like you yeah. say, it wasn't there. Mm-mm. And Broadway is as racist as the next place. Yes. I mean, there yeah. weren't minority leads and plays about non-suburban white experiences for the most part. So they didn't have people on Broadway that could tell those stories in any kind of authentic way. Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't mind seeing it if they tried again. Right. Should dust that off. I think that they, and the guy that is the director of it, I mean, he's, it wasn't like, some random guy like he's done some really good stuff I just yeah I just think it was the wrong wrong time wrong place uh for Mm -hmm. it but yeah they could maybe do it and and make it a little bit more nuanced but um yeah oh let's talk about what Luke says about the Book of Mormon and he was like I listened to some of the songs I mean they were fine but they weren't like super funny he's making a, a incorrect assumption yeah that they're going to be number one hilarious and number two that they're going to be hilarious out of context you need to hear them in the show in order for them to be funny and it's not a stand-up comedy show no exactly (laughs) exactly and they are pretty funny and they are extremely raunchy so i'm like you need to see it in the show because it is i had heard some of the songs but even seeing it i was like whoa oh my gosh i can't believe they're saying this yeah and and I think that just the message of the show he would love, like he believes all that. Like yeah. you know, I think that just the whole trip of that show is kind of his journey, and I think that he would really like it. Just go see it. <laughs> Seriously, God, <laughs> you dummy! <laughs> it won't make you gay. It's okay. Remember, these are the people who still base their movie reviews on the trailer. You yes. <laughs> have to go see the show. Yes. True. All right, let's move on to what I think is really the sweetest clip oh, in all so of these. Sweet. Uh, this is from 2014. It's from the day when Shirley Temple passed away, and Luke calls up his mom who is a huge Shirley Temple fan, to get her thoughts and her reactions and her memories of the kind of performer that Shirley Temple was. Do you think that any part of the appeal for you as a kid or as a young person with these movies was that, like, she sort of had... In, in, there was always... The, the, the arc of most of her movies were that she was a kid, all kinds of trials and tribulations came her way, you know, her dad goes off to fight in India and then has amnesia um, in, yeah, like in, in Little Princess. The little princess. Yeah. Uh, but then it, things always sort of shaped up in the end for her. Do you think the fact that you grew up with a kind of a, a chaotic childhood of your own where, you know, your mother passed away when you were young and stuff, do you think you kind of identified with her in the films at all because of that? I think so, yeah. I just remember as a kid, like, we had, <laughs> we had on the Good Ship Lollipop the album like the record album we had like you had that book that big photo book of shirley temple movies i mean we had so much like and we watched like pretty much it seems every shirley temple movie like you were really into her i was because it just always made me cry it was always sentimental you know how i am about 
the Waltons and did a little house and stories. I, I love sentiment. I love something that makes me cry. And I think a part of it was my dad really loved her, too. So it was something I kind of, like, did with my dad, watching Shirley Temple movies, you know? Oh, that's really cute. I didn't know that Grandpa Jack was into into that. Oh, he loved her. What's your favorite Shirley Temple movie? If you had to pick Probably one. Probably Heidi. I haven't. I can't remember Bright Eyes, um, but I, I do remember The Little Princess, because that was one we watched a lot. I don't know. I think we had that one on VHS for some reason. I liked that one. We did. We had on VHS, and I think we still do. Yeah, I still do downstairs. Did you have any fear, Mom, that subjecting your young son to, like, just massive amounts of Shirley Temple was going to turn me gay? <laughs> Absolutely not. That never, ever even crossed my mind. I always say to people that you didn't realize, but you were doing everything in your power to raise a, a gay man because, like, the amount of musicals I was subjected to, the amount of, like, Bye Bye Birdie, Sound of Music, <laughs> Shirley Temple, it was like uh, I was steeped in, like, gay Broadway Hollywood culture. I think because right. of, um, you know, your pop culture was handed down to you by your older brother, uh, my Uncle oh, Chuck. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, he was, uh, you know, he was everything that he would approve of, I knew I would like. Like he would say, you know, when he first went to the theater to see Bye Bye Birdie, he said, as he came back from it, you know, like he rode his bike there or something, you know, probably, I don't know, 10 maybe at best. And I said, how was Bye Bye Birdie? He said, excellent, excellent, wonderful. <laughs> and I was like, okay. That's all I need to know. I really trusted his opinion on movies. I still do. Didn't you say that he would always know the B side of every album and like how he had just like this I mean, great ear? Flip, we call it the flip side because back then there was the hit on the forty-five, and the other side they just had to put something on, so they would call it the flip side. Uh-huh. He would be turned on by the flip side. He's like, "Yeah, I know that's the hit, but listen to the flip side." Like Donovan and different people like that, and I'd be like, "I don't want the flip side." <laughs> he'd make me listen. He's he's like almost. Stick me in the basement, I'd be down in the basement. He'd say, Sue, you gotta listen to this, you gotta listen to this, because he has a little record player, you know. Listen to the flip side of so and so, listen to the flip side of so and so, and I'd be like, You're torturing me. I don't want the flip side. <laughs> and yet, all of the movies that he was into and recommended to you became a lot of the movies that you really, really loved as an adult oh, and then subjected us as kids to, which I now love. Like, hearing that she passed away, I immediately wanted to go you know, like rent a Shirley Temple movie. I was listening to a public radio story about her career and I was like singing along with all of the songs in the kitchen while I was doing dishes. Oh man. Yeah. She was the talent to end all. I don't think there was ever a talent like hers before her or after her. She was the, I think she was the, the what is that word? Quintual? Um, quintessential? Quintessential child star. Meaning that I don't think that anyone could ever really touch her in that i thought that luke was really insightful with his question to Susie about if one of the reasons that shirley temple appealed to her so much in those movies was because Susie, Susie, i guess had a dead mom if i want to say that insensitively mm -hmm. And she grew up in a pretty poor home and didn't have a lot of opportunities. And so she really connected to the Shirley Temple stuff. I, thought, I was like, man, Luke, sometimes you are so smart. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then at the end, he's like, but did you worry that making me watch them would make me gay? <laughs> yeah. So See? close. And I love that she's like, no. She no. just laughed. 
I mean, because even Susie, who's like super Christian and conservative, knows that watching something doesn't make you gay. Well, unless it's gay porn. Yeah. <laughs> but again, it was a part <laughs> of like the culture, you know, like her brother went to go see Bye Bye Birdie and was, you know, telling everybody like, you need to go see it. It's so good. So it wasn't just like gay dudes and girls going to see it. It actually was everybody went to go see it. And Bye mm-hmm. Bye Birdie is great. I love Bye Bye Birdie so much. Uh, well, I love it. Also, Luke's statement that watching that he watched musicals with his mom and so he was surrounded by gay Hollywood culture. No. <laughs> he saw a few musicals on TV. That's not He would have passed out if he was surrounded by a Hollywood gay culture in the eighties. <laughs> Can right. you imagine? <laughs> and the thing that the all these straight guys with the gay panic don't realize is that musicals is where the chicks are. Seriously. If there are really so many gay guys doing it, then you should have your pick of the women <laughs> if you get involved. Idiots. Exactly. When I was in high school, it was like four girls to every boy who wanted yeah. to do theater in general. I mean, it makes me so angry that basically any guy with a pulse could get a part right. <laughs> in a play but man the, it was so hard for us as girls there was always like some football player that they were like oh he actually can sing okay it's like basically you know Ewan McGregor Ryan Gosling they're like oh he can sing okay and he mm-hmm. would have the starring role in guys and dolls or something like that you're like oh, what about me <laughs> uh, but I did I loved Shirley Temple when I was little we had a lot of the old VHS uh copies of I loved a little princess that was oh, I loved it mm, so much so good. and actually I made Bridget watch it's not a musical but I made Bridget watch the Alfonso Cuaron one that came out god I'm like the new one but it came out probably 25 years ago at this point <laughs> um it's beautiful and it is really good and Bridget and I both cried at the end um Aww. but it's 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 really good and the Shirley Temple one is really good I don't know if I can take things that make me cry at the end anymore yeah <laughs> It's a happy cry, but it's still a cry. I have this thing where um, it's kind of a weird thing that Luke and Carrie constantly tell me that I look like Shirley Temple. Uh What? Yeah. (laughs) Every time I see Carrie, she's like, oh, my God, it's uncanny. (laughs) And I'm like, really? (laughs) Are they doing a bit? No. (laughs) I mean, is it that curly hair? No, I don't even have that curly. They said as an adult. That's so, I mean, kind of. I mean, you're cute. She's cute. I don't see it at all. She was an ambassador. That's pretty exciting. (laughs) Well, I always say when they, when she says it, I would go, oh, you mean Ellie, right? And she's like, no, (laughs) you. I I mean, I don't see it. I guess you look more like Shirley Temple than some other people (laughs) (laughs) it's weird but that's weird but now knowing how much he loves it uh, i'm flattered i guess yeah yeah all right should we go into the next one (laughs) please okay this is from october 29th 2015 (laughs) can't wait for this one (laughs) this is a gem (laughs) Okay, this is from High Top. This is a clip about High Tops, the Christian musical. The thing my mom would always say, well, after 
I guess we were maybe eight or nine years old, we uh, was f- a line from this Christian musical. It was kind of the original high school the musical, but it was called High Tops. And it was <laughs> a Christian. It was like a Christian. This is before high school the musical existed, but this made the rounds in like Christian families. And it was these angels come down and they're just going to an American high school. Mm. But, you know, they, the, if I remember the plot right, I think that's what it was. But, of course, the high school is full of these, you know, people that have all these different, like, there's the dweeb and then there's the valley girl. And then there's the, and I think that the valley girl, somebody says they hate something and the valley girl goes, hate that's a pretty grody word. So for, for my whole, like from age, whatever, eight on after we saw that, my mom would always say, hate. that's a pretty grody word. Like that was the thing you always said in our household. I also would not let my kids use the word grody, by the way. Yeah. I think grody that would be is a grody kind word. of fun if we went out with, <laughs> sorry, if we went out with a, if we went out with a high top song. Sure. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I like that idea. If you find, if you can find the uh, high tops, main song which i believe was run for the top look at you run with your high tops on run never stop look at you run in your high tops me and my sisters to this day uh will quote long passages of that uh, of that play and sing some of the songs to each other you'll be happy to hear that high tops musical rare 1985 full thing is that the full hour and 49 minutes of it is, seems to be on youtube oh well Cancel my plans for tonight. I will not be on. Wait, wait, don't tell me. I'm going to just be sitting here with a bottle of wine watching that. The only uh, song I can seem to find off it is like, you know, isolated song is I Want to Be in the Band. Do you remember that? Oh, sure. Maybe we'll go out with that one if you're cool with that. I'm more than cool with it. There was the song where like the jock guy tries to get a little too handsy with the girl and she sings a song Mm. called Stop, Slow Down, because I love you, I love you, but you'll never win me this way. Mm. And uh, she said, oh, God, my sister Sarah does a mean version of that virginity song. Um, just uh, in case anyone was wondering, are we? Um, am I hearing? Am I hearing a little bit of high tops in the background? You tell me. Tony Miserelli. Did I say that right? Yeah. yeah. You go Tony Miserelli. I play first string quarterback, and right now it's the off season. What do you do musically, Tony? Oh, I play sax. Oh, let's hear. Nice. Those licks are both hot and cool. That's not bad. Why do you want to be in high tops, Tony? I really want to use my talents to serve the Lord. And my girlfriend's auditioning, too. What? I want to be in the band. I need to be in the band. I gotta be in the band, mister. I want to be in the band. I need to be in the band. I gotta be in the band, mister. I'll do just what you say. Please give me one more chance. What do you say, Luke? God, this is taking me back, man. I'm seriously going to watch this whole thing on YouTube later tonight. All right. Um, Sorry, Sagal. You're going to need a replacement. You have my number. Yep. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, We'll be back here tomorrow with more Imaginary Radio. In fact, it'll be our spooktacular uh, Halloween Eve show. So um, uh, I don't know what I was going to say. Like, make sure you've got someone to listen to the show with. But come on, give me a break. It's not going to actually be scary. Um, but we do hope you're there to uh, listen to it, uh, and uh, we'll see you then. Until then, please remember, no mountain too tall. <laughs> Good luck to all. I think I'm just going to keep our mics open, Luke. What do you say?
what else do you do? Lisa, do you dance? Well, no. My parents couldn't afford the lessons. Then you play an oh, instrument. Oh, yeah, she's the nerd girl. No, they couldn't afford that either. Then what do you do? I'm a singer. Oh. This song is like 25 minutes long. We have about uh, three more minutes to go. Hang in oh, there. Oh, dear God. I can't. Why do you want to be in the band, Luke? I'm, I'm starting to really question that desire on my part. <laughs> I'm starting to question a lot of things. Oh, Lord. Okay, so I want to you... be in the band. I, wanna... I have been singing it for like four days now since right? I started I listening. It to is <laughs> terrible. It's so bad. And it is compulsively singable. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And I'll be like humming it at work. <laughs> what? Why are we doing this? But um, have you, had you guys ever heard of this before? No. No. Okay. No. 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 Because I see that Hillary says, I love Christian stuff. So no, I, I, <laughs> I like, no, I mean, I, I nominally went to church when I was little and I like loved like awesome God. Like, I don't know why, like those kind of songs. Oh I'm like, God, yes, because <laughs> you can just belt it. But for some reason, I'm sorry to our very you know, religious listeners, Christian stuff always makes me laugh because it's trying to shoehorn this weird message into something that is not made for it, such as, you know, I want to be in the Mm -hmm. band, but it's like, you know, about praising Jesus, I guess. Um, (laughs) I don't know why it always makes me laugh. But no, I was not exposed to this like that. Not not at all. I mean, I did tons of church related musical stuff, but I mean, I'm Lutheran. I'm not. Yeah. This isn't <laughs> like, your brand. This isn't your brand of Christianity at all. We, we didn't do weird stuff like this. Mm-hmm. We did, I don't know, like Jonah and the Whale. I remember doing some of that stuff. We did a lot of madrigal dinners, but not high tops. No. <laughs> um, I loved when my favorite part was when Andrew goes, this lick is both hot and cool. <laughs> <laughs> And also, of course, Luke takes musicals. If this is what he's been exposed to his whole life, right? I would hate yeah. musicals too. He, but he participated in them, yes. so enthusiastically. Right. It yeah. seems. I guess love turns to hate. Yeah, <laughs> I think that that was like you know maybe because 
they did grow up so religiously, you know, and so sort of confined. Maybe that was like his way to, I don't know, experience the outside world a little bit was by Mm -hmm. participating in musicals. Right. Well, he's a born performer. He loves the attention. He's a good singer. This is totally something that's up his alley. And and as I said, not a lot of boys are into musicals, even less in the church. Right. So he had his pick of all the lead roles, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, this was and this is this is probably why you didn't do it. But this is um, evangelical Christians way of being like, we're hip, too. Right. (laughs) You know, and so then this is. You know, this is borderline fresh music. I mean, they have a song about virginity. <laughs> right. So it's kind of them being a little naughty. Mm-hmm. There's oh, slang boy. words like grody. <laughs> I actually use the word grody a lot. Like, I'm like, oh, it's grody. I don't, I, when he said that, I'm like, I think I, I think I say that all the time. <laughs> <sighs> You're just a bad influence, Hillary. I am. I am. No, but I I totally would have been interested in seeing this. Like, I can imagine being, like, in a fourth grade Bible study and being like, all right, this is what we're watching now. Mm-hmm. It's adjacent right. to, you know, you, Michael W. Smith. You wouldn't Smith want to be and, in it? Well, I mean, of course I would want to be in it. But listen, <laughs> as you have heard throughout this show, I cannot sing. So I it wouldn't have happened. I disagree. <laughs> I think you got some talent there, girl. You have some heart. And and see, I feel like first you have kids in musicals. That's going to be a small population. And then yeah. it gets even more small when it's a Christian musical. I think yeah. you would have been the star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> would I be the, like the popular? Or there is that girl that can't sing. And <gasps> Oh, my like, goodness. Uh, she that could- <laughs> really works that. <laughs> that could be me. Yes. <laughs> and and we have to remember too this is a bad musical. Yes. And this is a bad musical badly performed. <laughs> Holy shit. That's bad. So bad. Oh my gosh. I mean, I was I was thinking about the first true musical I was ever in, which was a world premiere of a musical that got <laughs> written for my middle school. And I'm not going to say what the name of it is because I Googled it and I found it on YouTube. And <gasps> I do not want Bobby Pape digging oh my that gosh. up. But I watched about four seconds of it and I was so embarrassed. I can't even tell you. And the acting level was about the same as the High Tops musical. Hmm. So... I would not want this on my resume, I think. <laughs> we should look up if anyone became famous from this high tops. I can't imagine that they did. No. And if they did, they re- immediately removed it from their IMDb or whatever anyways. <laughs> right. All right. You want to move on to this last clip that is tangentially mm-hmm. related to... Uh, I mean- it's really it's not even t- a continuation. <laughs> it really is a continuation. Uh, Stu makes an appearance, leaving a voicemail about Salty the Singing Psalm Book. Here I go once again with the email. Every week I hope that it's from a female. Oh, man. It's not from a female. Our first one is actually from uh, Stubot, 
who we just mentioned, yeah. our good buddy, the blogger emeritus of this program, and um, and he's he's been calling in and leaving us messages uh, for a while now. What is what does he want to discuss in this particular voicemail? Well, you and I went out of the show, I believe, on Wednesday of last week or maybe Thursday, uh, with you telling me about a musical that you used to watch called High Tops. Oh, right. And then we went out with like a six-minute song yeah. from High Tops called I Want to Be, in, be the in the Band. And, uh, and you know, well, Stu just wanted to, to jump in there. In the band, I want to be in the band. I want to be in the band, Mr. I want to be in the I want. Oh, oh, hey guys, it's Stu. Um, just let you know that um, the uh, High Tops creators, uh, Ernie and Debbie Rotino, also created something called Salty the Singing Songbook, which is either a reference to like the uh, Bible or maybe the songbook's long struggle with psoriasis. Anyway, um, so you'd want to know that. Um, and I miss you guys. I wanna be in the band. Wanna be in the band, Mister. I wanna be in the band. I wanna be in the band. I wanna. So uh, salty uh, is spelled P S A L T Y. Yeah. Well, yeah. Of course, it's a salty. reference to Psalms. No, it's a rec- to psoriasis. I thought. Isn't that what Stu just um, said? One thing is, uh, Stu needs to stop drinking in the morning. Yes, I know he has a lot of time on his hands um, now that he's blogger emeritus. But I worry for him. Um, that sounded like that was just about to turn into rage. <laughs> it was just, it was one Coors Light short of rage. What's his roommate's name who won't give him his hot, his, uh, uh hot plate? I yeah, remember. I forget, but that's, uh, just something to watch for there, old Stu. We love you, bud. We're worried for you. Um, so, uh, he, I also, I don't mean to sharpshoot him there, but he said Salty the Singing Songbook, and it's mm-hmm. actually Salty the Singing Psalm Book. Wow. So let me get this straight. The stew bot just got sharp shot. Yeah. Wow. The hunter has become the hunted. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, the book of Psalms was written by David, and it's like, it's basically songs about the awesomeness of God, uh, to paraphrase. And so Salty, the singing psalm book, was, he was a, um, he was a book of songs that come to life who would uh, teach uh, kids in these uh, various salty plays. By the way, my sisters were in them. I was just a little really? too old. I was a, well, I was in a, I was in a, 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 a production, a Colby. So you had Colby, the singing uh, Jesus a song computer. Okay, so I was in Colby 5, God Uses Kids. I remember you telling me about that. That was from the same, that was created, I believe, by the same people who also created Salty, the singing psalm book. Mm-hmm. And... um. Salty, I think there was, I believe Salty was the kind of um, uh, piece of dirt at the middle of the snowball that was the video or the uh, the musical my sister Sarah was in that was uh, where she played Charity Church Mouse. And um, I can't remember what her deal was, but somehow a group of kids and Salty were trying to figure out what's what with the Jesus department and a Charity Church Mouse got involved in that whole conversation as portrayed by my sister. Then there was another one that my sister uh, and I were, me, Liz, and Sarah, and Hannah, I think we're all going to be in, that was um, not Salty or Colby or High Tops, but it was about a Christian kid baseball team. And I quit the play like 
a week before uh, it had its uh, opening performance. I don't think the play ever recovered, to be honest with you, mm. Andrew. Um, but that one was written by the people at the church that we we would we would go. Me and my sisters would go to a church that we didn't even attend. We would go to this church called Calvary um, Fellowship to audition for their salty and Colby related plays. Why? Um, first of all, did you quit because of mercury poisoning? <laughs> I have to ask. I've um, been having a lot of sushi, why? and I was very upset uh, with the, that production. <laughs> you're the you're the um, you're the Jeremy Piven of salty, mm-hmm. and you spell Piven P S I V. Yeah, right. Okay, Jeremy Piven. <laughs> right. Why is it called salty? Because the Book of Psalms. So yeah, but, of salt, salt, but salty Psalms is spelled P S A L M S. I know Psalms. that. But the, but salty, like I mean, salt has such a specific, different meaning. Like salt to be salty means to be brackish, to, well, obviously, to, but to be, a you know, acerbic. Well, this um, psalm book also just swore like a sailor. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. I was looking up because Stubot tweet or somebody tweeted uh, about us or about salty over the the weekend. So I was looking up photos of it. By the way, Stu says that it looks like California raisin had sex with the Old Testament. I don't know if you were copied on that, but it, that's exactly what salty looks like. But I'm still baffled by because I was looking around like, but why? I understand you want to play around with the P.S you know, psalm thing. But I think salty is, it just, it's, it's, it's a distraction. It makes you think that he just got off a boat and is, is looking for some booze and some loving on the docks. All right. So, uh, I guess that there is, uh, the, there's a musical salty, the singing songbook. Uh, Luke is very familiar with it. Um, and he kind of, (laughs) sharpshoots stew which was you know a trading places sort of situation um these people are very prolific these song are these playwrights i was like relating them they're like the christian version of uh robert and Kristen lopez the people that wrote like frozen and um i think book of mormon like they've they've like egotted twice this is like the christian version of them they just keep churning out these christian Something's hits gotta land right <laughs> Oh my gosh. But while I was looking this up, I have to sharpshoot Luke's sharpshoot, and <laughs> Stu was right. It's the singing oh, really? song book, not Psalms. Oh. Oh boy, that was weird when Andrew was like, why is it called Salty? And Luke was like, because, you know, like Psalms, P.S. And Andrew was like, yeah, I know, but why would they call it Salty? And I'm like, Andrew. Stop looking for another meaning. There <laughs> a isn't one. Yeah, it's not going to make sense. <laughs> <laughs> They're not sending any message about salts or saltiness or anything. I love the name. <laughs> I don't know why every time he talks about Colby. Fi- <laughs> <laughs> Colby. <laughs> It's so inappropriate. It's inappropriate, and it's like the juncture of of technology. <laughs> like, why is it five? Is there a one through four? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know why 
it makes me laugh. So, this is why I'm saying I love Christian things because it doesn't make <laughs> any so sense. Weird. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> uh, gotta get in on these new computers. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry. I'm pretty <laughs> mad though that Luke said he quit the Christian baseball play. Ugh. The week before it opened, because you know he was the lead. Oh of yeah, course. he was the lead in Colby Five. <laughs> God uses kids. I'm sure he was the lead in the baseball thing, and he quit a week before uh, curtain. That's so rude. So rude. I mean, what are they gonna do? I'm sure they didn't have any kind of understudy. <laughs> well, maybe there it. was an understudy. Well, and maybe. he was just waiting in the wings, and it's like showgirls. <laughs> it's his big break. Uh, you know what I was I was thinking though that like from all of these clips you know he starts off being like musicals are gay it's gay and then then we get deeper and deeper into it and Luke has like a long storied history with musicals like he is very uh-huh. involved in them so it's he's so- like uh-huh yeah salty so <laughs> and that's why he hates them because when your whole life you're singing about Colby and God using you, <laughs> you hate it because it's awful. <laughs> it is. Love I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that, you know, they don't talk about it as much, and I'm sure he won't do it as much anymore since he's sober, but karaoke was a like a, you know, one of the characters of the early parts of the show. Like, mm-hmm. they, karaoke was a big topic of conversation. And that is adjacent to being in a musical. I mean, it's basically yes. the same thing. Luke's life is a musical. He always has songs that do everything like, oh, I, when I start jogging, I need this kind of music. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Driving is this type. When I'm reading, I need this type. When I'm singing, I need this type. Like, yeah, he lives in a mm-hmm. musical. When I get to L.A. and I'm driving to the yes, Tattletail, I, have I need to listen this, to this soundtrack. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah for sure. Um, I will say that I think Stu is the probably the funniest person oh my who's ever been on TBTL. I mean, just like naturally funny without trying the line about how that salty looks like a California raisin had sex with the Old Testament. Oh, no. Oh is God. that true? Have we looked really? at the pictures? Uh, I have. I think so. Oh, my gosh. He's so right. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. <laughs> you guys, it's so bad. Okay, it's I'm putting so it in bad. so you can yep. see. Oh, well, there's a show picture. The only question <laughs> is, do I use a show picture uh, of the cartoon or the live action? Ooh. They're both equally creepy. <laughs> Why is that guy in a headlock? Yeah, those in the salty suit. I was just yes. looking at that. Oh, and they have whites around his eyes. Uh-huh. No, I don't like it. Ew, oh. I don't like that. No. Don't be in that uniform singing about how God uses kids. Well, I forgive Luke for everything he said about musicals. Yeah, because if he this lived through that. Sense. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Does anybody have any final parting shots they want to make about musicals? 
They're good. They're amazing. They help you access your emotions. You frozen, emotionally (laughs) stunted freaks who can only achieve joy by watching men smash into each other in little coordinated (laughs) outfits. Maybe it's because Mike has too many feelings and he knows he would just go there and cry the entire time. That's possible. That is an excellent point. He doesn't want to admit that it's great. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. But I highly advise if he does go to a musical, do not pick Cats because it's the worst thing ever. No, Cats is not good. I walked out. I actually, at intermission, said I'd rather be getting a pap smear and walked out. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only musical I've ever walked out of. Well, Cats is a product of the 80s. Oh, yeah. Yes. It is, right? I think so. Or maybe even 70s. Because the poetry is pretty interesting. Yeah, it's just the staging and the costumes. Mm-hmm. Are, it's just 1981. Ooh, yep. There you go. I think that was the first one I saw. Though I'm pretty sure my parents let me see, not the actual, I didn't go see it, but I saw the movie, A Chorus Line, which is wholly inappropriate for a child to see. Why? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> what were you guys doing? Why was I watching that? Because they wanted to see it. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. That's what I've realized about all the things when I'm like, why did my dad take me to see Top Gun? Oh, because he wanted to see it. <laughs> I think also that musicals have kind of a sheen of innocence. Yes. Like you're saying with Grease mm-hmm. about it, it does have that. Well, it's got the whole Sandra D mm-hmm. storyline to it. it. Just They seem shiny and innocent and new. And people who aren't really paying attention don't understand quite how dirty it really is. There's lots of stuff like that. Yes. True. Christy, you want to take us into some housekeeping? Sure. Um, Check out our merch in the merch store. We've gotten quite a few orders, which I was very excited about. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's because people posted what they got for Christmas. So if you get something and you like it, post it. We don't just want to see wiener boobs. Show us our (laughs) stuff, too. And that gets people to buy more. Um, Join the archive project. I currently only have... Two active archivists. We're never going to get this done, especially when they have three-hour shows. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, Buy stuff on our Amazon link, and you, or not you, but your purchases may become famous at the end of the month show. And if you'd like to get involved with the show, you can visit our website at littleredbandwagon.com. Uh, send your thoughts, your rants, your raves to throwyourphone.com. We love all of them. Come visit us on Facebook. If you were to look at Facebook now, I posted a picture on a thread there this morning that shows me from 21 years ago. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Check that out. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast, and you can email us anything longer at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com voicemail or text us at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. I don't have the fax number on this show sheet. 617-354-8513. Butts, butts, butts. Butts, 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 butts. Everybody. Well, and with that profound thought, Christy... Why don't you get us out of here? Um, first, I'd like to wish TBTL an 11th birthday. I don't know how oh 11 years is possible, but it was this week. Wild. So happy birthday. Wild. And 
until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen, and we need you. Come on, come come play in a musical, a TBTL musical. Oh, oh my God, that'd be amazing. <laughs> it really would. <laughs> Jen would have to play herself. Yes. <laughs> Who plays Sean? Maybe Sean. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe like Camaro Kev or something. Somebody like slightly more stable that that can come in. Why doesn't Luke play Sean? That would be interesting. Oh. Both parts. <laughs> Andrew will be played by Fozzie Bear. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Nailed it. it. <laughs> do we do it? Doubtful. Adjacent <laughs> to it, but probably this not. This is so dramatic. I figured that was my cue, so I became an actress. They always said I had great eyes. Look at her, roll her eyes, they said. I can do incredible things with my eyes. I can even make them go in opposite directions, wanna see? No, thank you, that's not necessary. Uh, do you do anything else? I can cry. All great actresses can cry. My dad used to say I could turn the tears on and off like a faucet. Watch. Uh, that's very uh, impressive. Why do you want to be in high times? Definitely to serve the Lord. Why, that's the first thing on my mind. Uh, what might be another reason? It's fun, it's exciting, and being in a group like this makes you popular, and popularity is everything. faces how much getting into high tops means to each of you but if you don't make it in it isn't the end of the world god has created you as unique individuals with different talents and abilities we're looking for kids with a particular sound some of you are going to have that sound and well some of you won't but each one of you is very precious to god and he doesn't want the talents he's given you to be wasted whether you make it in the group or not keep looking for the lord and as you follow up on different opportunities, he'll lead you into what you should be doing. I quit.